What's going on, everybody? This is Ezra McNeil, and y'all already know, this is Real Talk with Ezra. Uh, Yesterday actually was one year uh, since the podcast has been hitting people's phones, uh, uh, computers, whatever you, whatever uh, source you listen to the podcast, but thank you so much um, for the love and support and for listening, because this is is not for me. It's it's for y'all to get a better understanding of life um how how you could change and how you evolve in life so you know i appreciate y'all for rocking with me and it's going to be many 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 more years to come today's episode uh i've been trying to get this person this special person on the podcast for a minute now um most people from virginia state university know who she is um but for the world to see if you don't know now you know it's it's gonna be a crazy one. So may you introduce yourself. <laughs> I am Dr. Z, Auntie mm-hmm. Z, um, Dr. Zoe Spencer. I am a sociology professor here at Virginia State at the Virginia State University. I'm also an activist, a scholar, and a wannabe poet. <laughs> Not a wannabe. <laughs> a whole wannabe. <laughs> so, um, for those at Virginia State, if you had her class, um, Marriage and Family. Um, and I was a student of the class as well. She does a project, and it's only one question, and we make a video from it. Um, groups in the class make a video from it. The question is, what is black love? It may sound simple, but it's so many layers to that simple question. Absolutely. So um, you're, you're the master of black love, honestly. <laughs> um, so, so, Dr. Z, what what is black love okay so first um i you know what i would like to say i'm the master but i am mastering i am still in my personal space mm-hmm. trying to master and so um the evolution to love is like a continual a fluid um process it's not something that you ever completely master mm-hmm. um so let me go back to the question what is black love and then the reason why i give you all the assignment because i think what you said about the different layers to that one simple question i think that that was probably the most profound because there 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 are layers to love itself but then when you add race and what is black love into the equation there are a whole bunch of layers and mm-hmm. so um Um, And you know what? I love y'all so much because the definition of love that I actually created for my class evolved out of a class that I had here at Virginia, the Virginia State University with my beautiful students. And so the definition of love that I like to use is that love is a deeply rooted spiritual connection that has no boundaries or no limitations. A deeply rooted spiritual connection that has no boundaries or no limitations. Um, True love is real authentic um, in that it doesn't um, have compromises, like it doesn't have conditions. And so when we talk about um, the difference between conditional and unconditional love, a true love is an unconditional love that's not based on anything that anybody is doing for you or whatever, whatever, but it's more that unconditional, deeply rooted spiritual connection. Um, And so what is black love? Um, The layers of black love, especially when you're talking about African-American people, um, you know, it's, it's really, really been 
challenged from our inception in this country because a part of enslavement the institution of enslavement was about doing two main things one dehumanizing mm -hmm. the black body which means that um you 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 make um human beings um operate in an animalistic fashion um and that is by institution by law by the culture of, of enslavement and so one of the main things was separating black people from each other separating black people from our culture um, our, our African culture, our African right. heritage. And then the second thing to that was about removing black people, African people from being the subjects and then objectifying them. That means to make their bodies the object, to make their spirits the object, to make their minds the object, to make their sensuality, intimacy, sexuality the object, their reproduction the object their production, the object that benefits somebody else as opposed to the subject that kind of um, blossoms from within the right. individual. And so when you're talking about love, um, especially during the institution of enslavement, um, the whole breaking process was to get black people to be fearful and afraid to truly love each other because to love each other means that you're going to nourish you're going to nurture you're going to provide for you're going to protect the people that you love and that wasn't possible because black bodies were the property of slave owners and so um the reason for the project what is black love is for us to kind of begin to like focus and refocus our understanding and to create a narrative about what it means for us to love each other authentically so um black love would be um the same definition but it would be black people's ability to form those deeply rooted spiritual connections with each other that are untethered from um, everyone else's narrative or conditions um, for for it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. That was a long answer, wasn't it? No, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, a question that I would have from, from that is, because I was thinking about the, the connections with, with people and you're talking about how in enslavement, it was a separation. Um, does it still hold um, firm today, the separation of why sometimes it seems as though us as black people are always in competition with one another and always comparing each other to one another and uh, to each other and, and, not, and not just building? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you, listen, you're so on point. Absolutely. And I think, like, contemporarily, that's the reason why I have you all to do that project, because um, while the institution of enslavement broke us up after enslavement, one of the principal things that the ancestors and elders did was seek to reestablish black love, black families, black marriage, black unity, black community. So from 1865 all the way until probably around maybe the 1950s when we went into a shift, there was this move to restore black love, black families, etc. Right. Um, and then 
what has evolved over time is like this real urban media agenda to create these images of us not getting along that really seem to be centered in the Willie Lynch letter, which is a divide and conquer letter mm -hmm. that, you know, you pit the lighter skin against the dark skin, the old against the young, the men against the women, and you let them just, you know, fight each other or compete each other. And that breeds a sense of division and hostility and mistrust amongst um, the African-American community where we can't unify around our common interests. And so um, when you look at urban media today and what that narrative tells not only the world, but tells us about who we're supposed to be, you got black women fighting on um, love and hip hop, um, the Black Ink crew, all of these urban shows that really kind of create this um, this this image and this the tone stigma. yeah the stigma that black or, or the narrative that black people are not supposed to get along and right. that we thrive more on our dif differences than we do our similarities and um we tr like you said the competition we thrive more on us being threats and competition to each other than us being a collective and so um i can't really name one black urban show that depicts a real tangible black love no matter what it is um and so even on the projects it's not about just intimate connections right. but it's about sisters being able to form sister bonds brothers being able to form brother bonds um heterosexuals being able to form bonds with our our lgbtqia family um so I, it, we we are disrupted mm -hmm. disrupted and i think what it tells us and what it says to the world is that we're innately incapable of truly loving each other because our innate nature is conflict. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and, and then what happens is that media representation then bleeds into our everyday lives that, you know, now as a black woman, I can't celebrate my babies, my sisters, my, 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 my queens, because I'm older, they're younger, and I'm competing now. So I can't say, you know, Brie, you're absolutely beautiful, mm -hmm. and I want you to be better than me. This is what, you know, now it's, okay, Brie is competition for me, and now I'm hate, hating on Brie. And then I can't even be kind and say, Good evening, peace, king, peace, queen. I got to be on rest and bitch face in order to express my blackness. And so um, I think the media has helped us or been the promoter in us constructing this image that of, of blackness that we're just inherently unable yeah. to get along, yeah. period. And it's, it's unfair. It is. It's very unfair. It's very unfair. I, I never understand it. Um, because I, I try I try my best to uplift yes. one another. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we all we got. Period. Some people don't see that. Period. Um, and then I bet you sometimes they say you're corny for being that person, yes? I've been called corny all my life. That's crazy. But it is what it is. Yeah, it's crazy, though. So, I mean, it's kind of a... I think it's like how I see it. It's just if you... I'm gonna still love you even if you don't want it, just from a distance. I mean, if you don't, if you don't want it, you know, right beside, like if I'm not right beside you, like I'm gonna still, you know, the Bible says, you know, pray for your enemies right. and things of that nature. So, right. love is love regardless. There's people today that may think I still have beef with them, and I no, I mean, you may not talk to me, but in, internally I'm just like, 
nah, I still love you, bro. Still love you, sis. You know, things of that nature. So, but I, I and I think that's the I think that's the elevation that you have, and unfortunately, people don't recognize even when you talk about. Um, you know, our community interactions to our interpersonal interactions, our intimate relationships. People don't understand that forgiveness is a fundamental component right. of of love because that's that unconditional. It's like, you know, and, and I think that that's the, the misguidance that we have in our community that sometimes you're not going to get along with your brother or your sister or your mom or your pops mm-hmm. or your auntie or your uncle. But when you're in a family, it doesn't matter whether you have a disagreement or whatever you never ever stop loving and if both people or all people involved keep that love at the center you're always going to move to a place of resolution and forgiveness and be able to move on but you know again I just think that the that the image that they create about African Americans is that, you know, if we have a beef or we have a conflict, then that conflict has to be fatal. And it shouldn't be fatal because forgiveness and loving unconditionally is is fundamental to being able to love, period. And if you can't do it with everybody, you know, so this is my challenge. Like, if you can't do that with everybody, then you have to question your true ability to love because either you can love authentically or you can't and if you love authentically that authentic ability to love is going to carry on or carry about no matter what the situation is and no matter who you're dealing with so when it comes to the reflection would you say that you would um because a lot of people say you know i take care of myself before i take care of somebody else how how do you feel on when somebody says you know i gotta i need to love myself before i love somebody else yeah, twofold. Um, we we're just talking about that. Oh, wow. um, that's so crazy. Um, twofold, because that's a, that's a twofold. Because I feel how you're saying it too. Um, so one, you can't authentically love anyone else until you love yourself. Because any traumas that we have, and I'm going to say we, and place myself actively in that equation any um traumatic experiences that we have in our own lives our experiences that may have um caused us to question love if we don't resolve that within ourselves and if we don't get to the point where we have a really healthy spiritual understanding of what love is within ourselves then you can't really truly love anybody else because it's like baggage you know you're always going to have the baggage in your hand and even if you try to connect the baggage is going to affect your ability to authentically and truly connect Mm -hmm. however um i think also because you had said something in the beginning um when you first started you um talked about um reflections and i think sometimes too though people use loving self first as a precursor to loving others in a selfish type of way and Mm -hmm. i think those are two different things because the law of mayat says that i will love my brother as i love myself i love my sister i love my community Mm -hmm. as i love myself and so if i eat that means if i eat you eat absolutely everybody Everybody got to eat if we got a one tuna fish sandwich and it's me and you and you hungry me and you gonna eat and that's what yes we gonna break bread I might not be as full as I would have if I ate both, but both all of us have to eat. And so I think, um, and that is a part of our historic root, the law of Mayotte, that we will treat 
our others, our people, as we treat ourselves. Mm -hmm. So then that goes back to the second point, though. If you have an unhealthy perception of loving yourself, then that unhealthy perception of loving self will carry out and carry on to your ability to authentically love everybody else. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, um, maliciously, but just subconsciously. And that matters. So sometimes, you know, we expect people to love us properly and they don't. And they don't because they can't, mm. if that makes sense. No, I understand that. Were there ever times when it was, it was like you felt like you wanted to love or help this person out, but it was like, I can't do that until I get myself straight? Me personally mm-hmm. or just in general? In general. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think in general, yeah, I think I think that is a it's a healthy approach, you know, because sometimes you do like you have to get your you got to take you got to get you straight before you venture out. That's, <laughs> that's dumb. Uh-huh. But even on the airplane, they tell you put your your mask on before, before you, you help, help somebody else. everybody yeah. else. Yeah, that's because you have to be healthy in order to properly help them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You have to be OK in order to carry out what you need to carry out in somebody else's space. Mm-hmm. So that transfers to love too. You have to be okay before you intervene or before you move into somebody else's space. And so, you know, I, you know, sometimes you got to take that time for yourself. Um, and get you together, especially when you're talking about relationships, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, intimate relationships. A lot of times I think that we are in a relationship something happens and then we rush out of that relationship and then we try to get to another relationship before we actually unpack the baggage mm-hmm. our baggage and the other person's baggage from the last relationship and so you carrying that anxiety and those issues and that baggage from the last relationship into the current one so i do believe that you know it is absolutely healthy you know to make sure you're straight um before you you delve into somebody else's space and even if you're not straight to make sure you're as healthy as possible before you delve into somebody else's space so that you don't dump your baggage inadvertently in somebody else's space understood um when you were speaking about earlier the different types of black love when it came to intimate um brotherhood sisterhood can you expound more on on those um i know for me um i always try to my lbs always get upset when i was like i'm the emotional one on the line like whenever i'm inebriated i'm just telling everybody that i love them and stuff like that (laughs) so so i guess for um because i'm uh, there's still a lot of guys um but it's slowly changing that still have that that I guess that pride or they don't want to unleash their vulnerability. Mm, um, mm. So, so how, how can we change that? So let me celebrate you first, because I believe, um, I don't drink, but I believe that, um, that alcohol is like a true serum. Right. It's like, <laughs> did you see the movie, the mask? with um Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. Yes, yes, yes. I I I believe that alcohol is like the mask because mm-hmm. I it it is an uninhibitor and so it allows you to express who you inherently are mm-hmm. um without the inhibition of being conscious of the goals and the laws and the morals and the values and everything. So I celebrate you for that. Um I think that um black men in particular Um, But men in general, because it's the definition of masculinity, that masculinity says that you're supposed to be strong and logical and um, uh, all of these um, 
kind of unabstract and unemotional things and then exactly and that anything that is emotional is linked to what is being feminine but the reality of it is is that it is human nature to be vulnerable and to show emotion we all have it like to assume that as a man and then i think that it's exacerbated in black men both from the vestiges of enslavement and then also kind of this contemporary idea of what black masculinity looks like um you know that you're supposed to be strong being emotional is supposed to make you weak but as we know you know when you're experiencing something it is human nature to feel emotional about what you experience the question is do you repress it or suppress it in order to, you know, be society's ideal of what it means to be a man mm-hmm. and then be unhealthy and then let it manifest manifest in other unhealthy ways? Or do you accept that being vulnerable and emotional is just as masculine as it is feminine because it allows you to be whole? And I think that is the reason why we have such um, an increasing rate of depression and anxiety, mental health issues among black men, and also the um, highest rising rate of suicide among black men because black men um, are being socialized to believe that they have to repress or suppress who they inherently are in order to fit this narrative of one masculinity in general, but most importantly, this black urban masculinity that you know i am superman and i'm not supposed to express we are all um masculinity and femininity are social constructs it's something that society created and it's based in a very heteropatriarchal um idea of who we're supposed to be and it's really designed to kind of subjugate both men and women we are all both masculine and feminine energy um i you know i have very masculine energy like I like guy stuff like that's just who I am I would prefer to watch sports than to watch reality tv um you know I would prefer to sit with my legs open at the game and you know look yeah exactly so um I celebrate that in you and I think that you know we have to make it comfortable and safe for black men in particular to be able to express their vulnerability and to express their emotions without caging them in into this socially constructed box that you know they're not supposed to express because if you don't express what you're feeling it's going somewhere and it will be expressed in some way either you're going to get cancer or heart disease or high blood pressure or anxiety or depression or suicidal ideations. I mean, all of those things come from repressed emotions or you're going to resort to other things like drinking, smoking or whatever that, you know, mask the internal, you know, things that we go through or you're going to find healthy and adaptive ways in in, in a supportive environment to just be human. Mm -hmm. So I celebrate you for being human. And I want you to be human even when you're not drinking. Tell people you love them often, yeah. you know? No, I, I, I actually, uh, I, I told myself that, you know, stop drinking um, and, like, fried foods and stuff like that. Cause, okay. You know, um, I started counseling this week. And, Give me some. <laughs> and I was just, like, you know, looking at the things that, um, self-reflection. Absolutely. Um, saying that, you know, some things that I've. I would do more than usual and is it trying to mask up something so that's why yeah I stopped I stopped drinking for a little bit I celebrate you I've really no I'm dead ass like I've really I'm proud of you I appreciate it like and your walk your walk like this journey that you're taking you need to talk about that Mm -hmm. you need to talk about that 
as much as you feel comfortable because you know me i'm all you know i'm a, you're a leader so i'm always going to press up on you but that journey that you're taking is absolutely necessary do you know how many men are my age and women too like who don't take that journey like that intra reflection is so important yeah. and then to take the step because you know there's a whole stigma about um you know mental health and counseling like every you know you go you go into counseling there's a whole stigma about that yeah, in the right. african-american community and it's unfortunate because uh, it it's, it's uh, counseling is just to make you a better absolutely person. and I, I, why wouldn't you want how to be great better? is it yeah, yeah. It, no, it is fun. Like, yeah, I, it was with a non-judgmental yeah, person. I did it on Tuesday. It was my first one, and I was like, I acknowledge that, like, I'm burnt out, like, academically, uh, academically, socially, I'm, I'm burnt out. So, um, she gave me tips on like how to do meditation exactly. and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I, we're doing that meditation. It was only six minutes. It's a podcast called My Um uh, Meditation Minutes. Is I advise everybody to do it. I teared up because it was just like, I'm finally relaxed. Yes. So all in all, like yes. counseling, I think counseling could actually help you learn how to love as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It ha- and that goes, and and how it can help goes back to one of your first questions about loving yourself before you can love anybody else. Right. Like, you know, our, the things that we're holding, you know, of course, anything that's blocking us from being able to make that deeply rooted connection, you know, if you've got an outlet to address it, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, Def, I'm so proud of you. Thank you, thank no, you. Really and I know you, you. got to go somewhere. So the, the last question that I have is, and we were just talking about it, like the, the first steps on how to love. How, how, how would you tell somebody that, you know, is, was like, oh, nah, man, like, uh, that, that stuff is, that, that gooey stuff, that's, that's not it. Like, what would you tell somebody that is unfamiliar with it, um, how to start loving so if someone were to say ah that stuff that gooey stuff that's a defense mechanism Mm -hmm. off the break i would call it because that's what it is um it when when people have that wall up it's generally because they're trying to avoid any kind of heartbreak or disappointment and it generally emerges because they have experienced some kind of heartbreak or disappointment Mm -hmm. at some point in their life in the past be it in their childhood or in an early relationship or whatever um and that they're trying to avoid it. Um, One of the things that I I say all of the time is that never ever get mad at love because love doesn't hurt you. Mm -hmm. The people that we choose to love do. Mm -hmm. And once we have faith and trust that love doesn't hurt and we have faith and trust and we're, we're comfortable with ourselves enough to that love that we have for self to understand that what we give um, in the context of a relationship is a gift. Then what happens is that we become more selective Mm -hmm. in who we choose to love and we're okay with being by ourselves if we need to be by ourselves until that that right person that right person who is going to be able to both receive and reciprocate the gift of love healthily comes along i can definitely agree to that because i i've gone through it myself um you know everybody knows gabby yes Um, yes and Valentine's Day, and I wanted to do this episode Valentine's Day, but hey, you know, all things happen for a reason. Um, I I wrote her a love letter. Yes. And one of the things that I said was that, like, I thank God for her because she taught me a lot. And she taught she taught me how to love. That's right. Honestly. Um, That's Because right. I, I never felt that, not even from my own family. Wow. Um, 
friends that I called my friends. And uh, she, she taught me. She taught me how to be more vulnerable. Although sometimes I'm, a, I'm still a stickler. Um, but it's a process. <laughs> Every, listen, I am wishing you and Gabby lifelong love. Life, lifelong love. You're, you're blessed to have found your soulmate. Yeah. And don't ever let anybody take you away from your soulmate. When you feel that's your soulmate, you bond with that. And understand that love is not happily ever after. Right. So y'all are going to grow and evolve, grow and evolve. And you have to be fluid and getting to know each other all over again and again. And moving in the same direction and moving fluidly mm -hmm. and in sync with each other. Never ever let anybody take you away from that. Work through your problems. Anything that you go through engage forgiveness i swear i'm i i'm really excited y'all are going to be the happily ever after yeah 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 the happily ever after <laughs> y'all are going to be the happily ever after no nah, i definitely I, yes. I i understand that and i feel the same way too honestly yeah. um, and she knows that so yeah. you hear that yeah <laughs> i'll you, wait i can't wait episode <laughs> surprise <laughs> so dr z Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. Because this this was needed. I know it was a Thank you. It was reassuring me for, for me. Thank you. Me for me too. Yeah. Um, so how can outside of state, people within Virginia State, how can people reach you? Well, you know, everybody here pretty much has my cell phone number. Right. Um, yeah, you can find somebody that has my cell phone number. But if they want to reach me, they can reach me at dr.zospencer at gmail.com. Um, and I'm also on Facebook at, um, I think it is Zoe Spencer, because they made me use my real name, okay. is Unapologetically Black on Facebook. And I do have an Instagram page, but I don't monitor it, and I don't know what the name is. So... It Inbox happens. me yeah. <laughs> on Facebook or feel free to email me. Okay, and last closing remarks. Wow. I think I want to just give my last closing remarks to you and Gabby. Just lifelong love. Hey. Period. Period. That's it. Black love. Y'all are black love. We, we do our best. Yes. We do our best. So, everybody, remember, love yourself. Love somebody today. Give somebody a hug and, and, and let them know that they're not alone. That's, that's what I can say to that. So, love y'all. It's been one year, many more years to come. This is Real Talk with Ezra. See you soon.